So it is about 10 to 11, if I can read the clock properly. It's probably about time for another turkey sandwich, isn't it? Anybody feeling a bit peckish? Um, I wonder who's got the most leftovers that they're still polishing off at home. Um, I'm sure you've got some, and some things you're working through um, at home. It's Christmas, that, this gap between Christmas and New Year is a, a, a wonderful time of year where you get a chance to down tools, some people do anyway, and, and an opportunity to be with family or friends, to catch up with people, and a chance to reflect. I think that's what I appreciate the most, is an opportunity just to pause and reflect. And that's so important. I suppose I'm coming on the back of that today, and just in this moment where we've got Christmas is behind us, and New Year is ahead, and just for a few minutes I want to, to share a few thoughts around this, this kind of period of linked in with this period of time and the opportunity we have to reflect today. Um, because I think many of us are looking for rest and renewal. And one of the practices I have that um, I've found personally helpful is to get into the Bible. And I, I read through the Bible each year, um, or try to, uh, as well as doing extra reading as well, but just have a consist- try and have a, a fairly consistent pattern of uh, reading through. And I started again in Genesis. I'd like to get a bit ahead of myself because there's often a, a day or two you miss, so I'm starting before next year starts. This is my Bible in a year plan, but just starting in December. And uh, I've just started reading in Genesis, and uh, it's a story of creation. It's a story of how God made the world. And I, I didn't read very far before I stopped and came across a verse that intrigued me and, and caused me to wonder and to think and to reflect. And, and the verse was almost a throwaway one. It's, one, it's just like a throwaway line you, you read, and, uh, and it caught my attention, I think, because of that nature, because this throwaway comment um, that, that stuck, a bit like when you have a conversation with somebody, and the conversation can be half an hour long, but they say one thing in the course of the conversation, and it doesn't matter whereabouts they said it, it doesn't matter if it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end, but three days later, you're thinking about that one thing that got said. And you've all had conversations like that where it doesn't matter on the overall tone, but there's just one thing that's either encouraged you or is grating on you. But for whatever reason, you're thinking about that one comment. And this verse was a little bit like that for me as I read through uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And it's this verse that's on the screen. He also made the stars. He also made the stars. We live in a wonderful part of the world. We really do. You're out in the you can uh, go out very easily at night time and look up and observe on a clear night a myriad of stars. I don't know if you notice, just before Christmas, anyone see the full moon just before Christmas? Clear sky, and so you go outside and you look and you think, wow, the moon's really clear. It looks quite big. And uh, you can see uh, some of the, the, so the, not quite the texture and pattern, but you can see different shading on the surface of the moon, and it's nice to be able to go and look and see and observe. Some of you might be amateur or even professional, I don't know, astronomers, and you, you, you look outside and you know what you're looking at. I look outside and go, well, there's the moon. And there's some stars. It's great. And, and I might be able to find the plow. And that's about it. Um, but some of you, I know, can look up and say, well, this is so-and-so, and that's so-and-so, and that's how far that one is away from us. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. I don't know if you've ever tried to look up and count the stars. You ever tried this? You, you, you start in, in one section and you go one, two, three, four, five. Oh, did I count that one? I'm not sure I did. So you start again and it's just, it's impossible, isn't it, to, to try and number the stars. And even though you can probably, even on the clearest night, only see a few thousand with the naked eye, 
it's, it's a challenge to see. And, and this, this verse, I just want to dive into this in a moment, but first I want to capture the wonder of the universe that's around us, that we're part of. Some may have telescopes and you can look up and see in more detail and more clarity the stars that are there and count more than we can with the naked eye. Uh, on this picture, there's a slightly brighter section uh, just by the S, the second S on the word stars. Just this one here. Does anyone happen to know what that is? Right, it's the Andromeda Galaxy. Did you know that? Somebody said that, I'm sure. Andromeda Galaxy. Thank you, Justin. Well done. Um, and this is a galaxy. It's observable with the naked eye, but you need to get a little bit closer, really, to it and uh, look with more magnifying power to be able to see it more clearly. But you can actually see a slight swirl. Um, NASA and those who use a Hubble telescope have taken other pictures for us. And you can see it actually looks a bit more like that when you look with greater magnitude. And, and their, their pictures actually, I mean, it looks lovely, doesn't it? Sort of egg-like with floaty bits on the outside. And it looks very pretty. And you might look and you think, well, there's a star in the middle, but what's all the swirling stuff around? Is it gas or what is it? What's there? And I don't know the answer to all that, but I've got some pictures that go a bit closer that we might be able to see what's up there every time you look up. And we look up at the, the sky at night. We go, oh, that's nice. As we, as we wander about our way. But this is a closer picture um, of a section of the Andromeda galaxy. You can see that there. And we're just going to zoom in, courtesy of NASA and the Hubble telescope. And you can see more detail beginning to emerge. You can see more stars beginning to, to be seen there. And you could count them. Uh, and you might think, well, Stuart, the stars are just getting more spaced out. But now I'm zooming in a little bit more. And you can see, actually, that the background isn't just grainy and pixelated, but every single one of those dots is a star. And as you look in, look at the number of stars that are there. And that swirling amount that is round is the star after star after star after star after star in that one tiny section of sky. Isn't that amazing? All those stars with planets going round them. I've got no more detail than that. It's just a, a slightly blurry picture of some dots on a screen. But this is from, uh, you can go on the website and, and look, um, courtesy of NASA, at the Hubble telescope pictures of the Andromeda galaxy. And this is zoomed in. So we zoom back out again. Oh, there we go. Zoom one more time. Then we zoom back out again. And you can see that those dots actually are around the edge of that with one trillion stars estimated to be in that one galaxy. That's amazing. And most of us miss the magnitude of space because we're not aware of it. And after all, we've got somewhere to go and uh, something's just happened and my tires flat on my car and I've got bills to pay and all the rest of it. And yet we're part of something which is so vast and so mind-blowing and so awesome, incredible. And then we come to this verse that is in the Bible in Genesis 1 God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. Five words. He also made the stars. In Hebrew, it's two words. Almost just a throwaway. He also made the stars. To capture something of such vastness and magnificence. I've just zoomed in on one 
galaxy and one tiny part of the sky that you can see there behind the, the text still. Uh, and we're looking at this, this throwaway line today, which I think is really important uh, just to encourage us and bless us, and we'll see why in just a moment. For those people who are originally reading this, the first readers of this text, and, and it's always a good thing to do when you're reading the Bible, is to try and see what the people who first received it would have taken from that text. This was important to them, this passage about how God created. It was important because this little nation of Israel was surrounded by all sorts of other nations who believed all sorts of other things. And so this, this, this tiny group of people called Israel that God had chosen was meant to be blessing the world through was surrounded by people from the whole of Mesopotamia who worshipped all sorts of things. Mainly the moon, if you lived in Mesopotamia. The Egyptians particularly worshipped the sun. And the Babylonians worshipped the stars, three particularly. And you'll notice in that verse that it doesn't talk about the sun and the moon. When this is written, the text says, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. It's interesting, isn't it? Why doesn't it just say the sun and the moon? The Bible refers to those elsewhere. But it's quite clear at this beginning part of Genesis that God is saying to the people of Israel that he was the one who created everything. The way you've got the Mesopotamians worshipping the moon and you've got the Babylonians worshipping the stars and you've got the Egyptians worshipping the sun. Actually, it, God isn't even going to deign to give them their names. He's just going to refer to them as the greater light and the lesser light because they're not even that important. Because he made them. He's above. He's the one who's the creator of all. Not, don't worship the sun. Don't worship the moon. Don't worship the stars. Worship the one who's above all of them. And he's setting out for the nation of Israel this sense of priority that actually he is the creator of all. Even though they're surrounded by these powerful nations who are saying that their God is nothing. Who are saying that they're almighty and they're all powerful. All these civilizations which today have disappeared. The word of God comes and says, it's okay, God made all these things. He's the Lord. He's over all. It reminds the Israelites that where the Babylonians are worshipping the stars, it's actually God that made them. Almost just like that. Just made them. It tackles also a repeated problem that Israel faces, which is that they and we tend to worship the wrong thing. We tend to give allegiance to and, and, and give worship to the wrong thing. And just as these nations were worshipping things they could see that looked bright and shiny and impressive and in some way life depended on, life depends on the light of the sun uh, for crops to grow and for us to live. So they were right in terms of the importance of these items and the significance of them. They were wrong in terms of ascribing worship to them and devotion to them. And today I, I think many of us can end up worshipping the wrong things wasn't even a Christian who said it. It was a guy called David Foster Wallace who was addressing the 2005 graduating class at Kenyon College. Sadly, this was just before he took his own life. He said these words, Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And I, I, I'm sad because I see today some people for whom it's success or popularity or image or ideology or all sorts of things. Maybe a hero. But this passage reminds us that it's God alone who's worthy of our worship. It's God alone who takes that highest place as creator and Lord of all. And, and I want to offer an invitation today. An invitation to, if you've, if you've stopped wondering 
to rediscover wonder. Years ago, primary schools were charged with the responsibility of having assemblies that created a sense of wonder. I don't know if that's still the case. Some of the primary school assemblies I sat through and secondary school assemblies maybe wonder why I was there, but that was about it. But this, this sense of wonder, my invitation today is to rediscover wonder again. Go outside, look at the sky, look at the stars and wonder and, and be in awe of what God has made, but wonder more about why you're here and why it's here. Secondly, this little passage and this little verse reminds us of God's power to create. And it reminds us that God's creative power is bigger than my ability to see the detail of what he's made. What we saw earlier, that, that zoomed-in picture with those tiny dots that represented that were stars. And, and I can't see them as I look up at the sky. I can't even see the Andromeda galaxy and recognize what it is. I'll just go, oh, look, there's a shiny star. I wouldn't have a clue. But it doesn't stop God having created it in detail. It doesn't stop God having made that perfectly and amazingly just because I don't know it's there and because I can't see it and I can't marvel at it and wonder at it without the help of others. God's creative power and ability goes beyond my ability to see. It's vast and massive. In terms of the night sky, the closest we get to this is maybe when the, on the BBC News they're publishing a, uh, publicizing a meteor shower that's coming and so we stay up at night and we, we, we kind of pull people together, look, look, there's, oh no, it's a plane, uh, there's another one, and, and, and maybe you get a couple of, of streaks through the sky, and you notice something, and you think, maybe I've seen something that day, and you might go into work, did you stay up, yeah, maybe, I did for a few minutes, I think I saw something, I'm not quite sure, but that's the closest we get to it, and it might feel the same when you're looking for God's work in your own life, what is it that God's doing, where's God in all this, and James was speaking just a moment ago about following God and how when we follow Jesus, there's an invitation to walk with him, but it's on his terms. And we look in our own lives and those who follow Jesus, you can look in your own life and say, where's God? What's he doing? But actually, as you look over the years, as Joe was saying on behalf of Jacques and her earlier, talking about relatives who've shown kindness and goodness and peace and patience and love, all attributes that come from God's character and nature himself and we see that God is changing our attitudes and God's changing our priorities and we know that God's setting people free from addiction and he's giving hope where there isn't any and he's giving life where actually life was poor before and he's giving hope and confidence and he's growing us and this work that God does might seem inconsequential it might seem blurry a bit like that galaxy but God is at work and if you could only hit zoom in and see, you'd see what God was doing in your life. You'd be able to see the day by day by day, because every day God's at work. Every day God's at work doing something in our lives. So my second encouragement, the first one was an invitation to wonder. The second one is an invitation to trust. By all means, investigate. By all means, dive in and investigate and see what's God doing, where is he, what's happening, what's true. But at the end of that, trust. Trust that God is at work in his vastness and his majesty. Trust that the detail is also being taken care of in him. Thirdly, this five English words, two Hebrew words, he also made the stars. It's, it's almost incidental. And yet those five words cover the one trillion stars in that galaxy and all the others beside. God 
knows the detail, not just the big picture. He knows the detail, not just the big picture. Psalm uh, 147 verse 4 says this, He determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. I don't know what that looks like. We've got a trillion. We're going to run out of names pretty soon, aren't you? Bob, George, Harry, Fred. How do you work through that list? I mean, the BBC or the Met Office have enough trouble naming storms, don't they? You know, whoever it is, is nearly said a name then. I didn't because I suddenly thought there might be somebody here called that. But the storm's coming through. And you think, oh, yeah, that's me. It's my storm. But they're going to have to keep going and keep finding new names, I guess. But how does God do this? But the, the point is that none of those stars is an accident. None of them is an afterthought. And even though their creation is captured in five English words or two Hebrew ones, each of them is known by name. And you might be here today thinking, well, there's a reasonable crowd of people. We had to pull some chairs out to sit everyone in at the back and make sure everyone's in today. But we're just a tiny bit uh, of 70 million or so people in this, in this country. And, uh, and that's just a tiny bit of the six, seven billion or so people in the world. And who am I? Where do I fit in this plan? Maybe I'm just an afterthought in God's planning. Where do I fit? Surely God hasn't got a plan for me. And I want to say that these, the five words, these two Hebrew words capture you just as much as they capture me. It shows that God knows each of those stars by name and so he knows us by name too. If he knows each of the one trillion stars in that galaxy by name and so many more besides, how much more can he know every person who's ever lived? And know us intimately and in detail and care. Your life and mine is not an accident and it's not an afterthought. God knows and he loves. And the Christmas story that we've just been celebrating reminds us that he loved us so much that he stepped into our world. He loved us so much that he was prepared to step in and make a difference in our lives. Where we couldn't bring our relationship back between us and God and that was broken, Jesus stepped in and said, it's okay, I'll do it for you. I'll make a way for you to be back in relationship with the Father again. For you to know God as he knows you. For you to have hope and life and freedom and forgiveness and to know God. And so my third invitation is to follow this year as you're looking ahead to follow Jesus. This year, uh, no matter what's coming, to make a decision to follow him. Folks, there's going to be some all sorts of things kicking off this year. How do I know that? Because there is every year. It's not because this year is particularly different. It might feel like it is, but last year felt like that, and the year before felt like that, and the year before felt like that. So there's always stuff that comes. There's always some things that come that we were expecting and there's always some things that come that we weren't expecting. Your tax bill will arrive. Your council tax bill will arrive. But there'll be some bits that surprise you that arrive. And you might think, I don't know if I've got the resources to handle this. I don't know if I can cope. My encouragement, my plea is can we be a people who follow Jesus closely and intimately this year? So three invitations on this day, just before we enter into New Year. Number one, an invitation to wonder. Some of us have stopped wondering. We've got caught in the busyness of life, and this period between Christmas and New Year 
isn't just an opportunity to eat mince pies and watch rubbish telly. It's an opportunity to pause and reflect and wonder. To wonder. So my first invitation is to wonder more. The second invitation is that we trust the one who's powerful enough to create. The third invitation is that we follow the one who knows all the details. The one who knows our life and was prepared to enter in. Today as we stand between Christmas and New Year, I wonder if we can trust the one and follow the one and wonder at the one who also made the stars. I pray that we can. I pray that this year we're captivated, captivated by wonder. We're able to trust in a new way. And we walk day by day following him. I tell you what will happen if we do. Our year will be brighter and better than the last one. Not in terms of every detail going right, because we'll make mistakes and there'll be things that take us by surprise that we wished hadn't happened. But yet we'll be walking closer and closer with Jesus. And as we do, our lives will be transformed. The God who also made the stars will be working in the detail of our lives. And that's a really good thing. Can we pray together today? As we respond to the invitation to wonder, to trust, and to follow. I don't know everybody's story here today. I don't know if you're yet following Jesus or not. Whether you've come specifically today because we had a dedication service or because it's the time of year it is or because you were planning to anyway. But my words today and this whole service is for you, whoever you are, wherever you've come from, whatever priority you came with. Because God knows you and knows your story. And I would encourage you to pray or to, to reflect as I pray now. Lord, we, we, we've just seen a few pictures on a screen of some stars and we marvel at how vast they are and how numerous they are. And in comparison, how small we are. Lord, I thank you that you are vast and powerful and mighty. And I pray that you would help, help us rediscover wonder again. If we've got stuck in boredom or familiarity, stuck in enjoyment or pain, whatever it might be, but it's, we've just stopped wondering, I pray you'd help us discover wonder again. That we would come as little children, as we've been encouraged to earlier today, and wonder again at you and your kingdom and who you are and, and learn more about you, more about this universe you've created and placed us in. Lord, may you help us trust you as well. Lord, because you do know the detail of each part of that creation. Lord, you know how it works because you created it. And so I pray you'd help us to trust you in the good times and the times that don't at the time feel very good, that you are working out your purposes. And Father, thirdly, I pray you'd help us to follow you, that we wouldn't just approach this new year with a set of resolutions and plans and ideas that we want to achieve, but instead we would determine to follow you wherever you lead. Because you also made the stars. Amen.